Welcome to Heard at Heritage. Heard at Heritage features cutting-edge analysis and thought from leading experts in and across the conservative movement, as well as premier events and programming from the Heritage Foundation here in the heart of Washington, D.C., brought straight to you. Thank you for listening to this Heritage Foundation event. Every day, the Heritage Foundation holds important events with respected and influential leaders and policy experts on today's most important issues. Our events are part of our mission to formulate and promote conservative public policies based on the principles of free enterprise, limited government, individual freedom, traditional American values, and strong national defense. We hope you enjoy the program. All right. Thank you very much for joining us today at the Heritage Foundation. My name is Dr. Ted Bromond. I'm a senior research fellow in Anglo-American relations in the Margaret Thatcher Center for Freedom here at Heritage. Back in 2014, almost two years before the Brexit referendum, we at Heritage published a paper titled Freedom from the EU, Why Britain and the U.S. Should Pursue a U.S.-U.K. Free Trade Area. This was the first paper published by any U.S. think tank to set out this goal. In our view, a UK-US FTA is logical, reasonable, and even inevitable. After all, the US has FTAs with nations as diverse as South Korea, Jordan, and Australia. If the UK had not entered what was then the EEC in 1973, it is highly likely, in my view, that the US and the UK would already have an FTA today. As we put it in our paper in 2014, quote, There is every reason to believe that Britain, the world's sixth largest economy, will be able to negotiate trade agreements independently if it votes to leave the EU. If Britain does decide to leave the EU, one of its central priorities should be to negotiate a free trade area with the United States, a goal that the U.S. should also champion. An FTA would be good for the economies of both nations. It would demonstrate their commitment to promoting economic freedom and be a further manifestation of their close and enduring relationship. It would also be an opportunity for both nations to negotiate a modern free trade area based on sovereignty and freedom, which would establish a standard that could be applied to other trade negotiations. That continues to be our view today. We've been delighted over the past year to see both the U.S. and the British governments commit themselves to negotiating what they have described as an ambitious free trade area. As Britain approaches Brexit on October 31st, the new British government, led by Prime Minister Boris Johnson, has recommitted itself both to leaving the European Union and to this goal of an ambitious FTA with the United States. We're delighted, therefore, to welcome to the Heritage Foundation a guest who shares these commitments. Elected to Parliament in 2010 for Southwest Norfolk, she has served in the Department of Education as Secretary of State for the Environment, Food, and Rural Affairs, as Secretary of State for Justice and Lord Chancellor, and as Chief Secretary of the Treasury before being appointed on July 24th as the Secretary of State for International Trade. Following her remarks, there will be no question and answer period and no time for discussion. Please join me in welcoming the Right Honorable Liz Truss, MP, to the Heritage Foundation for her remarks on why the time is now for a U.S.-U.K. trade deal. Well, good morning, everybody. It's fantastic to be here at the Heritage Foundation today an organisation which gave so much impetus to the Reagan administration in the 1980s, unleashing enterprise and opportunity, and is now very much at the forefront of Republican thinking as you move into 
the next decade. And there's a reason why my first visit as Trade Secretary is to the United States. I've been in the job for 14 days, delighted to be appointed to this really important role. The Department of Trade was only set up three years ago because Britain has not had an independent trade policy for over 40 years. And I'm not the only UK minister in Washington at the moment. In fact, I bumped into my colleague Dominic Raab, the Foreign Secretary, at the gym yesterday morning at 6am when I was on the running machine and he was on the Stairmaster. But as I say, it's never too early to talk about trade. If you look at the opportunities from Brexit, they are manifold. It will give us new freedoms beyond the EU, a new ability to set out our own economic policy. And in my view, the ability to be able to strike a new FTA with the US is very, very high up the list. And it seems to me that with the positive relationship between President Trump and Prime Minister Johnson, the impetus around the world to have more freedom-based trade deals, as Ronald Reagan said in his 1980 campaign, the time is now for being able to strike it. We are leaving the European Union on the 31st of October. Prime Minister Johnson has been made very clear. There will be no ifs, there will be no buts. Of course, we want to secure a deal with the EU, but if we have to leave with no deal, so be it. And as we do that, of course, working with the US is going to be very important. You are our biggest single trading partner in economic terms. But for me, it's about more than just the economics. The US embraces the spirit of optimism and can do that I think you can see under the new government in place in Westminster. We don't believe the gloomsters and the doomsters who say that Britain's best days are behind us and we need to manage our decline. Quite the opposite. We think that our best days are in front of us. And as the Gipper said, or almost said, it's morning again in Britain. <laughs> We're not afflicted by the declinism. We are confident about our future. We believe that Britain is well-placed to become Europe's largest economy. And with the new freedoms that we will have, leaving the straitjacket of the EU, we will be able to build on all the strengths we have as a nation, our fantastic universities, our lively tech sector, our creativity, the rule of law, and overall the British attitude. But one of the issues we have in the UK is whilst London is a highly productive city, it's as productive as Germany, we have parts of the UK that haven't had the opportunities that those in London and the South East have had. And one of Boris Johnson's key planks is to level up across Britain to make sure that we've got the infrastructure, the fibre broadband in cities like Leeds and Manchester, so they too can become global cities on the world stage. I don't think there's any reason why those can't be high growth, high opportunity locations. And we're also looking at setting up a new generation of free ports 
something we haven't been able to do in its full form because we've been part of the EU customs union. In fact, I've been meeting Wilbur Ross this morning to talk about the American free zones, free ports, opportunity zones, and what we can learn. And tomorrow I'm going to be traveling to Newark to see it in the flesh and see how it works, because I think there's a big opportunity to onshore manufacturing in the UK to create those custom zones where we'll be able to import and export raw, raw materials into finished goods and create value on our shores. Cities like Liverpool, which were famous and are famous for transatlantic trade, which will benefit from a new free trade deal with the US. Cities like Teesport, which do a lot of trade with Asia Pacific. All of those are potential locations for a new free port, which is very exciting. And I've traveled around the US quite significantly. Uh, last year, I was in Detroit and Cleveland, seeing the benefits that freedoms in this country have given to those great American cities. And what I think the opportunity from Brexit is, is for us to think differently and be able to allow different places in our country to do things differently so that they can reach their full potential. We give more power to local communities and allow enterprise to thrive. Now, of course, one of the biggest opportunities of Brexit is the opportunity to strike a free trade deal with the United States. And I was pleased to meet Ambassador Lighthizer two days ago to discuss that opportunity and get things moving. This is following the very positive phone call between Prime Minister Boris Johnson and President Trump. And I think this shows there's a real economic headwind behind our economic partnership. I know it's something the Heritage Foundation has done a lot of work on laying out those opportunities. But I want to restate the case of why our two countries should be working most more closely together. We are two of the freest, most democratic, open nations in the world. Our success has been driven by the talent and graft of our people, not by bureaucrats or party officials. And ultimately, it's the power of free enterprise by giving people the ability to put their own ideas and resources forward and obtain the gains of that enterprise that has powered our nations forwards. It's the idea that people should have the freedom to create value, goods and services, to sell them both at home and abroad, and to reap the benefits of their own hard work. And what I see a free trade deal between our two nations doing is accelerating those opportunities. I think that together we are the ideas factory of the world, where people can dream big and they can realise their own ambitions. We're a tech-empowered, networked, data-driven pair of nations. If you think about it, together we created and developed the internet. This has been one of the most powerful inventions of our lifetime, giving more people power, taking power away from centralised authorities and allowing people to express themselves and drive their own values forward and ideas forward. And it's not surprising that if you look at billion-dollar tech companies, the US and the UK are respectively first and third in the world. In fact, the UK attracts more tech investment than France and Germany put together. And we've got a thriving scene of growth in startups. 
you know, a five percent increase in business registrations over the past year, and a huge amount of new investment being attracted into our economy. And what has this led to? Well, this has led to untold prosperity for both of our nations. Today, there are one million people in the UK who go to work for US companies. And there's one million people in the US who go to work for you companies every day. And look at what it's delivered to the benefit of people in both of our countries. But let's be clear, not everybody wants us to succeed in this mission of giving people more power over their own lives, of allowing enterprise to thrive, and of making sure that consumers have choice, that they're able to buy what they aspire to, and that they're able to find a better life for their children. As our two nations continue to advance the cause of freedom, there is a growing disquiet from the left that sees America as a byword for free markets and free enterprise and seeks to attack it. And I believe it's because the US has successfully created opportunities through these means that anti-Americanism has become a central tenet of leftist dogma. Take Jeremy Corbyn, the leader of the Labour Party in Britain. This is a man who is so blinded by a pernicious dislike of the West that he sees rogue states as morally equivalent to the United States, who cannot bring himself to condemn Islamist extremism without identifying Western imperialists as the cause. And disgracefully, he parroted Russian state propaganda when a military-grade nerve agent was used on the streets of Britain. This is a man who calls Western-hating Hamas and Hezbollah his friends. He is anti-American, he is anti-British, and he is anti-freedom. But I don't want people to get the wrong impression. These politics of the left are not what people in Britain think. It is not what the British public think. We've got a huge number of people in Britain working for American companies or doing business with the US. We've got people who enjoy American products and services. We had news today that Britain now imports more from the US than any other single country in the world, recently overtaking Germany. And many Brits visit America and we share so much language and culture. I was pleased to meet a group of businesses yesterday, Jaguar Land Rover and BT, for example, who are getting great results in the United States. And prior to joining politics, I had a career in Shell and Cable and Wireless. I worked in Norfolk, Virginia, briefly overseeing a ship refurbishment. And I did some work over on the West Coast in the telecoms industry as well. And what the trade deal means to me is it's an inevitable next step in this huge success that our nations have had working together, promoting free enterprise, but also promoting freedom right across the world. Now, this is an incredibly exciting time for the UK. Uh, when I was appointed to the job, we had 98 days to deliver Brexit. And I've got no doubt that is a huge challenge, but we are ready for that challenge. You know, we are stepping up our no-deal planning. We are going to leave on the 31st of October. And we've got a cabinet of people who are all on the same team, who all support those aims and ambitions. And I couldn't be more thrilled 
to be part of that exciting venture. And I think I'm one of the luckiest people in the cabinet because I have many of the opportunities of Brexit to realise. Of course, striking a free trade deal with the US, also partners like Australia, New Zealand, Japan, Canada. There are lots of opportunities out there. And I've never felt more excited about the possibilities before us. When Ronald Reagan won the presidency, he issued a clarion call to those who believe in liberty and enterprise. He coined the phrase, the time is now. He knew the power of freedom and he knew the importance of alliances. He caught perfectly the optimism of the moment and the sense of opportunity before him. And nearly 40 years later, those words have a new salience in today's world. Ladies and gentlemen, the time is now. Thank you.